Can you hear me all right? Okay. So today is our first day on retreat, first day of silence. It's it's really important to approach this day, I think, with a, a lot of care and a lot of attention. It is a day of arriving and a day of transitioning from the life you're accustomed to living, your routines, your your habits, your comfort zones, into a very, very different way of living. And you will probably find today, many of you, that you bring certain residues from your life and from your traveling here into today. You might find that you bump up against walls of tiredness or walls of agitation or walls of restlessness. I really encourage you not to engage in postponement practice, you know, to think that, well, tomorrow is surely going to be a better day, you know, to really be mindful in or really be awake in, you know. It's so easy in our life, isn't it, to think, well, you know, when conditions are absolutely ideal inwardly and outwardly, that's the right time to start practicing, you know. The right time to start practicing is in the classroom we find ourselves in, however it is. So we endeavor to bring as much wakefulness. You know, that's, that's a minimal level of what we're hoping for, isn't it, to actually be awake. Um, one thing I want to point out, although it's very cold outside and the snow is deep, the temperature in the meditation room is exactly the same as it is in July. Okay, just bear that in mind, you know. So if you found that you've swaddled up thinking you're in the Arctic, Think July, you know, where you would be sitting there in T-shirts and, uh, you know, uh, and all the rest of it. So let's not cultivate too many conditions that are conducive to going to sleep. So I want to just give a little bit of an outline of the the practice element of this retreat. Um, Much of Western insight practice, mindfulness practice, is really rooted in two primary teachings of the Buddha from the time of the Buddha. And one of these is the discourse on establishing mindfulness. Um, And we will will trace this, this teaching on an experiential level through this week. How we establish mindfulness, wakefulness in the classroom of our present moment experience. And the second discourse is, uh, of course, uh, the teaching on befriending, on kindness. And these two discourses are so, so interwoven, so married, and really, in my mind, cannot be separated. You know, I think mindfulness, awareness without kindness is probably just attention regulation. Mm -hmm. Um, Kindness without mindfulness probably slips into a kind of sentimentality. So these two are so interwoven, um, as we will explore over the week. Now this word mindfulness, it's become so kind of absorbed into our culture, isn't it? It's become almost cliched, you know, becomes almost a command system, you know, just be mindful. You tell yourself that, other people tell you that, so it's even worse. Um, but it's become, it's become almost one-dimensional, I feel. You know, there's this word sati, which we translate as mindfulness, a word we actually borrowed from the Gospels 
because the early translators couldn't find a good translation for this word sati. So they borrowed mindfulness from, from the Gospels as being the closest they could get. It really refers to a present moment collectedness, a present moment recollection. How we establish ourselves fully, wholeheartedly in present moment experience. And there's several dimensions of, of sati or mindfulness. The first of these is, is kind of a simple knowing. Sounds simple, it's really not. Simply knowing what is going on, you know? Simply knowing that a thought is a thought, a sound is a sound, a body sensation is a body sensation. It sounds simple, but it, it's so not, because we are usually much more in the narrative form of what, about what is going on. Developing this capacity to know a breath is a breath, a sound is a sound, is the very first important step we make in stepping out of the narrative and beginning to step out of the identification with what is going on. So we, we begin to develop this within the practice. The, the second dimension is, is interesting because it's often referred to as a protective awareness. And this is not about a defensive awareness. It's actually learning to protect the well-being of our hearts and minds from the assault of the habits and the patterns that so often govern our lives. The third dimension is this capacity to investigate what is going on. And the fourth is the capacity to reframe our views, reframe our, the way that we conceptualize things. Now, in this first day or two of a retreat, you're very likely going to be spending your time mostly in these first two domains of mindfulness, developing our capacity to simply know what is going on and developing our, our, the protective element of mindfulness. If you, you will find this today. You know, you establish mindfulness within the body, within the body breathing, and how often we're pulled away and how often we're pulled away into very familiar pathways, you know, of narrative construction or storytelling or worrying or obsessing or ruminating or planning. Patterns which are familiar to us. It's not about them being bad or wrong, but actually they don't necessarily serve us well. Hmm? Don't necessarily serve us well. So we're actually learning to step back and to return and to protect the well-being of the heart from being governed by that which doesn't serve us well. So I, my, my, my sense in this first two days, this is actually where we, where we practice, where what we cultivate is our capacity to know what's happening, our capacity to actually return to our intention to be present with what is happening. Um, there's, there's a few nuances in here, I think, which are important to remember. Um, we're not engaged in a concentration practice here. You know, there's a very big difference between mindfulness practices and concentration practices. And I think very often people, you know, they hear something like, be mindful of your breathing. 
and immediately get into concentration mode. You know, how, how do I really just, you know, make this my one object and exclude everything else? That's actually not mindfulness practice. There's a, an element of attention in mindfulness practice, for sure, but it's not exclusive. You know, you will find what we suggest to be mindful of breathing. Your attention is drawn away. The mindfulness is also there to where we've gone. To know that thought is a thought, you know, to know that sound is a sound, and to be able to return. Because here, what's really crucial in developing this practice is, is curiosity. It's interest, in it? If you, if you don't develop the interest part and just skip to the attention part, you're likely to move into concentration practice, a more forced you know, over-earnest way of trying to hang yourself on your breathing for dear life, you know, and defend against everything else. So it's really important to be interested. What does it feel like? What does it feel like to be an embodied woman? What does it feel like to be an embodied human being inhabiting the body of this moment? What does it feel like to breathe? What does this breath feel like in the body? Where does it begin? Where, where does the in-breath turn to an out-breath? Where does it end? You know, to be interested in those moments of departure. Where is the attention gone? Ah, a sound, a thought, a sensation. Ah, how is it to return? How does that returning happen? So this element of interest, curiosity, is so fundamental, so basic to developing a practice of kindness as well as of mindfulness. Hmm? So we're developing that interest level, and we find that when there's interest, attention kind of follows quite naturally, doesn't it? You don't have to force it. So the, the, these three ingredients of, of, of curiosity, of attention, of intention, um, they really formulate this kind of simple knowing in a skillful way. And we're learning, actually, to honor that intentionality. You know, we place the intention, and we know this in our life, don't we, how easily intention gets sabotaged. You know, how, you know, how we might get up in the morning, many of us in our lives, you know, and intend to go out into the world as a reasonably kind and respectful person, you know, until the bus is late or, you know, somebody cuts in front of us in traffic or, you know, we meet the annoying person at work and then that intention just floats into the stratosphere, you know, it's sabotaged, you know. So this is actually a training for our lives about how to honor intention, how to really value intention and, and let it be something that, that gets embedded. So we have the intention to be present. We have the intention to, to, to return, to, to establish mindfulness in the body. And we're aware of the saboteurs kind of coming and going, you know, the, the ruminations and the obsessions. But we can, we can welcome them and say hello, but we don't have to give them a five-course meal. If you give them a five-course meal, they are coming back. They know this is a good place to be. Hmm? Simple knowing that's, you know, you've offered a glass of water. You know, there's that kind of kindness. But you don't have to feed them. You know, as I just mentioned briefly last night, mindfulness and habit really don't coexist. You know, by, by nurturing and cultivating our capacity for our awareness, we're actually fasting the habit patterns. 
that don't serve us well. You know, you could try this in your own experience. You know, try putting on your shoes habitually and mindfully in the same moment. Actually, it doesn't work. You know, try drinking a cup of tea mindfully and habitually in the same moment. It doesn't actually work. We see this in behavior patterns, but much more so in emotional, psychological patterns. You know, we don't obsess and cultivate simple knowing in the, mo- in the same moment. So we're learning that what we feed about feeding and fasting, and we're feeding that which serves us well, and fasting that which actually doesn't serve us all that well. So coming to the practicalities of the practice, first of all, really important to give attention to your posture, because this is where we embody intention. You know, and this is where mind and body learn to cooperate in a in a harmonious and helpful way. You know, so when we establish an intentional posture, you know, with the back upright, with the head upright, it's kind of sending messages to the mind, isn't it? Good idea to be here. Hmm? If you establish a posture, you know, kind of like this, it's also sending messages to the mind, isn't it? Why not check out? You know. So first we give attention to our posture, to, to finding a posture of, of embodied wakefulness, embodied uprightness. And we learn to sense, how does that feel? How does that feel? And at times in the sitting, you might find that that posture collapses. And it's often quite an indicator that somewhere, you know, one of those familiar patterns has taken over or, you know, you've just checked out in some way. So instead of battling that, you actually reestablish that posture of wakefulness. Hmm? Send a different message to the mind, to the invitation to be here, to be awake. This first way of establishing mindfulness is, is in the body and we never actually in this practice leave the body behind. This is our home ground, how to befriend the body, how to know the body, because every moment of mindfulness established in the body is a moment of present moment recollection. So we establish a posture of wakefulness, and we begin to sense how that feels. And then the doorway into mindfulness of the body traditionally is through the breathing, mindfulness of breathing. Um, If any of you have a history with breathing issues such as asthma, for example, mindfulness of breathing is not always the best object. You can use the touch of your hands on your lap um, or any contact point. But if not, we establish mindfulness within the breathing process. Because and it's not just about what it's please, it's not about watching the breath. It's about feeling the body breathe, knowing the body breathing. The moments of departure, the moments of returning. This is actually where we're beginning to feel our way into the landscape of the body of this moment, however it is. However it is. There will be many moments of departure, and we learn to have as many moments of returning as we have of departure. But in those departure moments, we're actually sensing where the attention has gone, 
you know, because the breathing process almost becomes like a mirror that reveals to us where our attention is prone to be drawn. And then we come to return without any judgments, without any evaluations, just that felt sense of coming back into the body of this moment. Okay, let's take some time to sit. So first of all, let's, let's really take some moments to sense how we're sitting, how the body is in this, in this sitting posture. Feeling your back, the uprightness of your back and your neck and your head just resting gently on that upright spine. Feeling how it is for your body to touch the ground, the cushion, the chair. A sense of groundedness, of earth, of steadiness, of balance. Feeling all of the sensations in those points of contact, the warmth, the pressure, sensing how it is for your hands to touch your legs or each other. Whatever sensations are present in the palms of your hands, in the back of your hands, Expanding that awareness through your arms, your shoulders, aware of the aliveness of your body. Your neck and your face, your head. Mindful of the trunk of your body, your pelvic region, your legs and feet.
just knowing the body of this moment. The landscape of sensation. Quite intentionally beginning to collect and gather your attentiveness to know the body breathing. Sensing how your body responds to each in-breath, each out-breath, expanding, rising, relaxing. Mindful of the beginning of an in-breath, the coolness of the air entering your body and the ending of an out-breath, the warmth of the air leaving the body.
sensitive to the moments when your attention is drawn elsewhere. A thought, an image, a body sensation, a sound. Seeing their arising and also allowing them simply to pass through. And being able to return to the simplicity of this body, this body breathing, this moment.
mindfully inhabiting the body of this moment, intentionally inhabiting the body breathing.
Okay, so good morning, everyone. We're going to start this morning with uh, this um, little bit of a ceremony, and then I'll speak about the rest of the day and walking meditation instructions. But what we would like to invite you to do is to express the cultivation of contentment. And so if you do have your cell phone and you would like to come up and put it in the basket here, you're very much invited to. If you don't, we would like to ask you to come up anyway and to just offer, you know, just open-handed offering of um, anything that's unnecessary. You know, so I'm not specifically talking about cell phones in terms of this offering, but just an open-handed letting go of whatever it is that is unnecessary for you to distract yourself with during this week. So really this kind of um, commitment to yourself, a sense of commitment and dedication to understanding inner freedom more uh, deeply. And the bliss of contentment the sense of having what you need within you. So we won't do this in a really slow, you know, crucially, extremely slow, mindful walking way, because it would take us forever. So you don't need to gallop, but um, (laughs) more like when you're washing dishes, you know, when you're washing dishes, that kind of style where you're aware that there are people behind you and you're not going excruciatingly slow, you're moving at a good pace. That's how we would like you to come up. So you can come, you know, from the center, um, as many of you as want to come up at the same time. So just to flow, everybody can just start moving. And um, one of us is going to go around with a smaller basket for those of you who might be, um, have um, limitations with your body. And um, you can, you can put your phone or open your hands and release into the smaller basket as well. Okay, so everybody's starting to move. Hmm? Oh yes, definitely return to your seats. I would assume you would know that. (laughs) Okay.
okay if a few of you come up at the same time. Okay, so thank you very much. Um, One thing I really love about this is I get to see you all close up, (laughs) which sometimes doesn't happen until further on in the retreat. So wonderful to see your faces right away. So the day today, nourishing, cultivating calmness, cultivating inner contentment, Cultivating inner contentment through using the simplicity of the environment and the forms that we have available to us. So sitting, walking, sitting, walking, sitting, walking, sitting, walking, (laughs) so on and so forth. But try to infuse these forms with some sense of liveliness. So it's not, you know, another sitting, another walking, you know, this kind of thing, but so that there's a liveliness within the day-to-day. Although the schedule, sitting, walking, sitting, walking, um, really, it's not that at all. It's just moment-to-moment awareness, you know. A retreat unfolds from moment-to-moment despite our ideas about what is supposed to happen or what's going to happen or what has happened on a previous retreat, it always is just the way it is, whatever way it is. So to 
work with the forms in ways that enliven those forms and to recognize that the whole day is a day of awareness. You know, there's so many moments when we're not in any particular ancient form of sitting or of walking, and that's our practice as well. Just to, to see if you can infuse awareness into the entire day and not just into the particular forms of sitting and of walking. And at the same time, these forms are, we use them because they're they're so useful, they're so beneficial. And so the walking is a way to bring um, our practice into movement. And so a very natural way of moving into movement, into activity, by working with the practice sessions that we have available to us. In the walking, it's really helpful to dedicate yourself to the walking in the same way as you're dedicating yourself to the sitting sessions. And what I mean by that is when you want to get tea or use the bathroom or there's a mat, it's really helpful to do it at the beginning of a walking session or the end of a walking session rather than in the middle of it. You know, just as in the sitting, we're sitting and we've got to have a really good reason to run out of the out of here, you know? Sometimes there are good reasons, but otherwise, sometimes we're trying to concoct good reasons to get out of the hall. In the walking, you can just do that. You know, nobody knows. You can just you can just flee anytime you want, and nobody knows. So within yourself, this sense of staying steady, staying steady within yourself in the walking practice. It's helpful to recognize that you're not going anywhere, so it's not as if you're taking a walk. Nothing is happening. You know, you're not going to get anything when you're walking. It's just simple walking back and forth. And so it doesn't matter. Your pace doesn't matter. You can move more quickly if that's better for your body to move more quickly. Sometimes if you have hip problems, to walk in a really slow way does not work out well at all for your body. Take care of your body. Other times to walk really slowly because you're not going anywhere is perfectly fine. Nobody's going to criticize you for how you walk. It's really up to you to make the walking your own. So go and find some place to walk. Find a walking space for yourself. Uh, could be outside, could be inside. doesn't really matter where it is, but 10 to 20 paces, something like that, where you can walk back and forth rather than going anywhere, just walking back and forth. It does, of course, for those of you who are completely new, it does sometimes look like pacing, but that's what it looks like. From the inside, it can be a completely luminous and alive as a practice. So the pace doesn't really matter, but sometimes moving out of your usual habits can help. So a little bit faster, a little bit slower can help. No sense of urgency is necessary. No sense of pressure is necessary. Really relaxed and at ease, enjoying just walking and not having to do anything else other than walk. Not having anything to do, just enjoying the walking 
Christina was talking about um, vision last night and eye contact. And in the walking, you know, it can help to steady your eyes to some degree so that you're not looking all over the place. But at the same time, when the vision, when you look elsewhere, um, just be aware of seeing meditation. You know, be aware of seeing. Let that be part of your walking meditation to be aware of seeing. And in the walking itself, the idea is to be as much as, you, as is possible in your body, in your body. So the touch of the um, bottoms of the feet, touching the floor, touching the ground, just that simplicity of touch can actually be incredibly blissful if you um, steady yourself on that sensation. I mean, we're not going for bliss, but bliss does arise from time to time. <laughs> It's a side effect, but it's a nice one. So um, be aware of the touch of the of the bottoms of your feet touching the floor, touching the ground. Be aware of your whole body moving through space. Utter simplicity as you walk. Being quite deliberate with the walking, and at the same time relaxed and spacious. If you are differently abled and you can't do the walking or it's hard for you to do the walking, walking is still possible during the walking sessions. Just find an anchor for yourself and steady yourself on that anchor. You know? So make the, even though we're calling it walking, even if walking is not what is possible for you to do, um, Continuing to practice, sustaining the practice by finding a particular anchor for yourself within the sitting or within taking a rest or whatever it might be. Just recognizing that our practice is to sustain attentiveness throughout the day. We're going to lose it over and over again. This is our practice too, to lose it. And we can begin anew. Over and over again, one of the beauties of this practice is that we can always begin anew. So we're returning over and over again. We're returning home to the here and now. All right. So bye. (laughs) See you in the next sitting. And um, enjoy the walking in the meantime. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.